Grace, mercy, and peace be to you from God our Father and from our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. You heard in the epistle reading this day, For here we have no lasting city, but we seek the city that is to come. Sincere comfort, hope, and consolation come from our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, who has prepared for us a most blessed and holy place to reside. It is not found here on earth, for here we have comfort, but it is a comfort that comes in the knowledge of what lies beyond our world, what lies beyond this sin-torn, this darkened place, this place that often gives our hearts so many reasons to be in grief, to be in agony, and suffering. Our Lord tells us to not store up treasures for ourselves here on earth where moth and rust destroy and where thieves break in and steal, but he says, store up for yourselves treasures in heaven, for there nothing is able to take away what is there. Where your heart is, where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. To us this day we come Because our hearts are grieving. The love in which we have loved those in our lives which are so special to us. This day remembering Ken. And even this day remembering his dear wife Garnett. Our love has changed to grief. But that does not mean that we grieve as those who have no hope. For our Lord Jesus, again, has not prepared a place of dwelling here that is lasting. He prepares a dwelling place into eternity in the heavens and then which shall come on the last day, the day of the resurrection. A new heaven and a new earth. What was it that Ken longed for? He took those times in this life, these memories that we have, And he filled them with such joy and happiness. He was a special man to so many of you. He was not only just a husband who loved his wife, but he was a faithful father who invested his time into his children, who cared for all your activities, who cared for your well-being, working and supporting you. He was also a faithful friend. And then, as time went on, he became a faithful grandfather. These things that have filled our life came through a brother that we now mourn in his passing. But the reason that Ken could do these things was not because of some special power within himself. He is not born into such things, but he was created again in new life through baptism where God had blessed him richly with the forgiveness of his sins, the promise of eternal life, an inheritance of the kingdom of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. He had everything. And so, in having everything, receiving the great love of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, he then poured out his love to his wife, to his children, to his grandchildren, to his friends, and those who came to meet him and know him, a loving and active man of the community. What a great gift 
that we come to share today. The joys of memories with him, the laughter and the great humor that he had, didn't matter how old he was, he was still happy to make a joke, to lighten your heart even when you were feeling down. I enjoyed many visits with him over the past year and a half. Him and Garnett would sit when I came into their room and they would talk with me. Even if I had to wake them up from their naps, they would still be eager to see me. They were joyful because they knew what I was coming to bring them. It wasn't anything that would be treasured by a majority of the world. No, what I brought them was something much simpler than that. It was the word of God. It was the sacrament of the altar, the very body and blood of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. In, with, and under this bread and the wine, there they received the joyous heaven on earth. They received in that moment this table that has been prepared in the midst of their enemies. They had a foretaste of the feast which was to come. They had a foretaste of the city of our God, the new Jerusalem. And in those moments, it was that those four walls of that nursing home, that all of their ailments and all of their weaknesses in the body and in the mind would pass away. They did not matter in that moment. For God was with them there. He was there to care for them, to uplift them out of their darkened days. Because as many of us have come to realize whether it's through talking with people, our own family members, that when you get older, it does not mean that life is simpler or easier. When you get older, when you reach the age of of Ken at 90 years old, it is not an easier life. In fact, you need Christ more. You need to be reminded of these promises that God made to you even more. Because what starts to slip from your hands is everything that you had in your youth. Your ability to do things on your own. To get out of bed. To feed yourself. To care for your hygiene. To visit people. You start to see your friends slip away from you. Not because you've lost touch, but because they die. You begin to watch all of these things happen And it would be far too tempting to just give up, to give in, to be in despair and hopelessness. But as you get older, if you are like Ken and Garnett, you find consolation in the communion of saints. That God surrounds you with a body of believers to encourage you, to pray for you to support you in your ailments, to visit you, to be kind and loving people, even though you are not able to give anything in return. But that's what the body of believers does. We give as Ken did in his life, because God has first loved us and given us all that we need. We pour out our love to those who are in our midst. As you get older, you find consolation in the forgiveness of sins. For every day that you wake up, 
the older you get, the more things that you have attacking you, that the, the greater your debt of sin becomes. And though it may be something that is not often taken advantage of by the young in our churches around the world, the forgiveness of sins that comes in absolution is a dear treasure. You know, it was in just the week before Ken's passing that I visited him, as I mentioned, in the committal yesterday. And this is a special event because it's not like it was unique in that I hadn't done it before. But by God's grace, Ken had enough energy to wake and to listen and to accept my visit and not sleep. And again, not that it was unique, but we began as we always began our services together with the invocation. In the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, the name of God, a remembrance of his baptism. For God had placed his name upon him and marked him as a child redeemed by the blood of Jesus. And not that it was unique, but that I then began to ask questions. Questions that he had answered long before but questions which, in his weakness, in his short breaths, he felt were important enough to answer. Do you confess to the Almighty God that you are a poor, miserable sinner? Yes, you could hear him say. Do you confess to our merciful Father that you have sinned against him in thought, word, and deed? And in Ken-like fashion, definitely. Do you confess that you justly deserve his temporal and eternal punishment? Oh, yes, I could hear him say. Do you believe that our Lord Jesus Christ died for you and shed his blood for you on the cross for the forgiveness of your sins? Yes, he said again. Do you pray God for the sake of the holy, innocent, bitter sufferings and death of his beloved son to be gracious and merciful to you? Yes, he said again. And then I asked, finally, do you believe that my forgiveness is God's forgiveness? And he said, yes, again. And it was at that moment that he heard those words that had brought him peace so many times before whether in this congregation or in that nursing home. In the stead and by the command of my Lord Jesus Christ, I forgive you all your sins in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. And with my hand on his head, I drew the sign of the cross on his forehead. Again, to remind him of his baptism. When there a pastor washed him with that water and marked his forehead with the sign of the cross and his heart with the sign of the cross to mark him as one redeemed by Christ the crucified. The city that your brother Ken belongs to is not a city here on earth. It is the city of our living God in the new Jerusalem. It is the city that Garnett belongs to. It is the city that all God's children belong to one that our eyes long to behold when we shall see our Savior face to face, 
When thus on this earth our skin has been destroyed, yet on the last day I know, just as Job has proclaimed, that God shall raise all people, and he shall give eternal life to those who believed in his name. It will be on that day when all we who are still left are also joined with those who have died. When we shall have a joyful reunion with all those who have shared with us in the eternal treasures stored in heaven. It will be on that day where together we shall see our brothers and sisters in Christ and we shall sing with them the glorious works of the Lord who by his blood covered our sin and our shame and who opened the way for us to have life eternal. I thank our Lord Jesus Christ that he has given so many moments in my life to see those people like Ken and Garnett grow old and still hold fast and cling to Christ. Because it is in those moments that I see how faithful our God is to provide for his people hope in the midst of grief. For today, not one of us should grieve as those who have no hope. For we know what the promises of God are. We know where Ken belongs and where he is now presently. We know where Garnett belongs and where she is presently. We know where we belong and where we shall yet be when our Lord calls us. Christ is certainly risen from the dead. He lives and reigns to all eternity, and that means that we, his children, shall live and reign with him in everlasting righteousness, innocence, and blessedness. Be comforted today in that promise of God, for he shall certainly always hold fast to his own, and bring them out of this life and into life eternal. In Jesus' name, amen. Now may the peace of God, which surpasses all our understanding, guard and keep your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus, our Lord. Alex.